The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. Fox with a 13-footer off the dribble. Add two more to his tally. Fourth quarter, Fox is at work. He's got 25 points. He also has eight rebounds and six assists. Nine of his 25 have come in the fourth quarter. Back to a four-point game, and now inside four minutes to go. Ball faked by Hawkes. Best baseline. Digs to the paint. Gives it up. The ball's knocked loose by Herter. It's grabbed by Fox. Cruises up the left wing. He takes it all the way to the rim and scores. Aaron Fox with double-digit scoring in the fourth quarter. Now has a 27-point game. Sacramento was within two at 110 to 108. Miami leading by six at 114-108. Keegan with a steal. Races up the floor. Spins away from one defender. Plants and rips down the two-hand flush. 28 points for Keegan. Back to a four-point two-possession game at 114-110. Working almost straight away, has picked up his dribble. He's looking for help. He finds out a bio against Sabonis. Now Fox picks up Bam. Bam with a dribble handoff to Robinson. Back to Adebayo at the free throw line. Shakes, turn around Jay. That's his bread and butter, and he scores it. 116-110. We're down to a minute 16 to go. Pouring sounds, and this one is over. So the Miami Heat have won for the eighth time in the last 10 games. They do it in convincing fashion. Sacramento had a 55-45 lead in the first half, but that 10-point advantage was pared down to a three-point deficit at halftime as Miami finished the second quarter on a 20-7 run. Then they finished the third quarter on a 10-0 run. They led by 20, as we mentioned, with 10 minutes to go, and the Kings got it down to two points at 110-108. But they couldn't get to the top of the mountain. I mean, we changed up. We we went zone a little. We pressed up a little more. we were able to get deflections, get out and run, get some easy baskets, and obviously Keegan and Kevin are making big shots. Um, like I said, we can talk about how effort this, effort that. I mean, Keegan and Kevin makes three threes in a row. Now we're like, oh, my God, they're playing well. No, nothing, not much has changed. They made three threes in a row, and now the game looks a lot different. So, like I said, we, we have to be better in uh, other aspects of the game, but they played better than us. That's De'Aaron Fox. Some highlights there from the G-Man. Lowlights, too. They ended up as a loss for the Sacramento Kings. And as we said now, I think unofficially, as we did our best to go through all the box scores and games when the Kings play a team not fully uh, stacked and ready to go like Miami was last night. Kings are now 18-11 and 11 against those teams. So still a winning record, but you think about that. 11 times they've lost games like that where they've had – some opportunities to capitalize, and they didn't do it last night. Miami was great. They were up for the challenge. They played hard, played smart, great execution late, really took advantages of mismatches, and their zone really bothered the Kings for a chunk of the game and their ability to post up and and create um, matchups in their favor. I think the Kings waited too long to go a little bit bigger, 
and just had just had some tough matchup situations uh, throughout the game. And so Miami prevailed. They get it done. They sweep Sacramento. And now the Kings find themselves uh, tumbled down the standings because that's how tight it is. And as we begin the uh, final hour of the show today, Jason Ross, Christopher Lodd here. Uh, Carmichael Dave out today. Uh, we will have Styles and Watkins in a little bit later. We'll see what's coming up on their show. And uh, we'll hit them with uh, some crosstalk and uh, celebrity birthdays in the final portion of this hour. So something we're going to do as the regular season winds down, we will continue to say which games to watch for this season or on a nightly basis, and we'll have that coming up. But also a standings checkout and a standings watch. Last night, there really wasn't much impact in the standings as far as a bunch of teams playing. There were just three other games in the NBA. Most of it was Eastern Conference work. Nobody in the top ten but the Kings. And so with the loss, the Kings tumbled below Phoenix and New Orleans. They're in a tie with Dallas. Technically, they've got the tiebreaker up 2-0 with a couple of wins in Dallas. Dallas still comes here for two. Um, but at 33-24, and 24, Sacramento is in an okay position. But what is the position now? So present day right now, if the postseason, if this was the end of the season, the Sacramento Kings would be in a play-in game. They would host, that's the good news, as a seven seed, they would host Dallas. And the way the play-in works, the Kings have never been in the play-in. I hope they don't. I hope they get a playoff team. Now, they could still be a playoff team if you win in the play-in. The 7-8 matchup would be the Kings hosting the Dallas Mavericks. So one-game situation. At home, I like that part of it. I like the matchup with Dallas. But now when you start to think about that part of it, let's, let's go down this road. And you've got one game at home where this team has been a little bit too up and down for a lot of people's liking. And Dallas, when healthy, can throw out Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. So when some of the trouble spots I talked about earlier of common themes that I think have bothered the Kings, what I don't think Dallas has is uh, that interior presence that is the type of person that they could go all out and really bother DeMontis Sabonis. Now, they could throw a lot of different bodies at him, but I think the the Kings have looked very comfortable, I would say, over the last two years when they've played Dallas. Generally, they've played high-scoring games. Luka and Kyrie have had good games at different times, but the King, you know, Fox scores, they score. The Kings look comfortable against Dallas. You want to make teams uncomfortable, take something away. Dallas hasn't done a very good job of that against the Kings. Now, that might change in one game or one night, or maybe their offense is special better than the Kings on that game. But that's what it would look like right now, present moment, today, at uh, whatever it is, 9.06 a.m. on Tuesday, February 27th. The Kings would have the 7-8 matchup against Dallas. Winner would then become the 7 seed, and based on tiebreakers, would face the two seed, and that two seed in the tiebreaker would be Oklahoma City as they're in a tie for first with Minnesota. I think that path would be good. I don't love the play-in path, but you also have to think about the risk of the play-in. What's the risk? You lose that game. Now, the Kings wouldn't be out yet, but they would then play the 9-10 winner, and right now that's the Lakers and the Warriors. They would also host this team. To me... That has such a risk-reward to it. The risk, you know what it is. You would have already lost the 7-8 game at home. 
Now you're at home. The risk is you could lose a second consecutive home game and not even be a playoff team. Technically be in the lottery from being as high as five seed at one point this season to a lottery team. That's the risk. The reward would be a win over either the Lakers or the Warriors, so you're knocking that team out. That'd be great. That'd be fun. Kings fans would love that. But to me, this is like the worst case scenario for the Kings as far as what I'd like to see them in. I'd like to, and Monty McNair told this to Dave a week and a half ago or so when he was on on that Friday, where it was the goal is to get in the top six. That's still very, very reachable. As we speak, just a half game out of that spot. The second goal would be to get in the top four. That's going to be more difficult, and it was even more difficult had they won last night. That top four separated a little bit. Minnesota and OKC that we just talked about tied for first at 40 and 17. They're a game and a half clear of Denver, who I still think might be the best team or the Clippers in the West. I put more faith in Denver and the Clippers right now than I do in the Timberwolves and the Thunder, though they've got better records. So trying to get into the top four will be very, very challenging for the Sacramento Kings. I think it's really important to get to five or six. Um, I don't know which spot matters more. You're going on the road. Um, there could be some charm to be in in six. It just depends on who's third, right? <laughs> I think at this point, you want to get in. You want to avoid the risk of the play-in, get a little bit more rest, get your team lined up and right, and then locked in for. I mean, here's the other part of that. Let's say the scenario I just told you, and the Kings are in the 7-8 game, and even they get a win, which is good. You're, you're knocking off a couple of days of prep for that two seed. Whereas if you've just a, a spot above and you're the six seed, while all these playing games are going on on what, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe even Friday of the day or two after the season ends and the playoffs begin Saturday, Sunday, you, you have days to prepare. And if you're a, a five or six seed to travel, all that stuff for your opponent, lock in on, on what your advantages are if you get OKC or if you get Minnesota or the Clippers or Denver, whoever it might be. So it, it's going to be a standings watch situation the remainder of the season. It's just there's no way around it. And the West is by far more bottled up than in recent years. I mean, there was some of that last year, like when the Kings were third seed and and Golden State was sixth, the separate, you know, you're thinking, oh, the Kings are, you know, considerably better than the Warriors. They weren't. They were, had a three-game lead. I mean, it was basically right there. But this is tight. From five through ten is separated by four games. And that gap from five to four is also four games. So there's really that tier. But there's a little separation between the Lakers and Warriors that are currently um, in the nine 10 spot. So we are going to be watching this. I will be watching this. We'll continue to monitor it. And coming up a little bit later, we'll tell you what going to be monitoring the situation. I'm going to be monitoring the situation closely so that we can be talking about this for decades. Um, But what to watch a little bit later will be some very important games in the West in that top 10 action, including one, two, three, four, five teams playing tonight. And what as a Kings fan, you'll want to be rooting for. All right, we've spent so much time on the Kings, and we could still continue this, and we will have more to get to. But there was another local story of interest. Kind of one of the greats from San Francisco says goodbye. He's a great giant, but a good baseball player. 
Brandon Crawford will have a new home. We'll talk about that, what that means for the Giants and his legacy in San Francisco when we come back here on Sacktown Sports. They just make it interesting, you know? It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. On Sacktown Sports. One of the things that's been interesting here in the offseason with Major League Baseball as the baseball season is coming up here shortly is the amount of significant players that are still available via free agency baseball is doing well financially we've seen some record-setting contracts signed over the last couple years including the the massive one this offseason with Shohei Otani the 700 million dollar man but uh, I was reading the other day that the top 100 players ranked on MLB.com and there were a, a decent number of the top 100 that were yet to be signed and we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show about the running back market that is going to create a stir here in the NFL about how many guys are going to become available. It's already been an undervalued position. But it's interesting that, you know, some good players have still been available uh, to major league teams if they want them. Blake Snell, uh, we're talking about Matt Chapman. Um, Cody Bellinger just signed the other day. He got a new, I think it was three-year deal with the Cubs worth about $80 million. But there's still more guys that are out there that are looking for for homes if they still want to play. And one guy uh, that looks like is going to get a new deal pending his physical is Brandon Crawford, who is one of those guys that, to me, you know, his story was amazing with the San Francisco Giants. Grew up a Giant fan, always wanted to be a Giant, became a Giant, and really had a very good San Francisco Giants career. He really did. I mean, he had a couple of years where he was kind of in the MVP hunt and was a terrific defensive player. Three or four or five gold gloves. I don't remember the official number for him, but I know he's got multiples, multiple all-star appearances. And until now, will have played his entire MLB career with the San Francisco Giants. And he's not going to be exclusive to this club, but he's going to join a list of people that will end their career on a different team as he signed a deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. That maybe, you know, after the career is over, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember where his career, where what team was he on at the end? And that is always a weird spot for athletes that spend the bulk of their time in one spot, want to continue to play, get a new contract, and end somewhere else. And that's what's going to go on with Brandon Crawford. He's 37. And to me, Brandon Crawford, like I said, would go down the line as a very, I mean, a big-time success story as a giant. Probably should be honored in some way as a San Francisco giant. Um, Was a really good baseball player, but part of that group that did some amazing things in the 2010s, right? 10, 12, and 14 World Series titles and his career in San Francisco is over. But kind of caught up in in the numbers game in San Francisco, started to play less and less last year, didn't have the same kind of impact in numbers. But at 37, obviously you could still field it. The guy's a great fielder. And we'll see. I know he's going to be complete uh, competing for 
playing time in St. Louis, but mm, gross. Chris's favorite spot. Chris, St. Louis, your thoughts? Terrible, terrible city. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on Seattle? Terrible, terrible city. And your power ranking is your bottom three. Do you have a third? Uh, the state of Arkansas. Okay, not a city, but the state of Arkansas. Yeah. Kansas City and no, uh, I mean St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis and Seattle. Seattle. St. Louis is worse. Any other U.S. states you want to and cities you want to target? Hmm. Gross. Yeah, like people won't believe this because I've been very negative about these places. There's not really many places I've been to that I haven't liked. Hmm. But those three. Those three. The entire state of Arkansas, though. Yes. Catching heat today. All right. So we'll see. Congrats to uh, 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 Oh, you got another one. I wouldn't. I can't do it. I was okay. going to say El Centro. Yeah, but that's just because of the weather. That's just because it's hot. It's like the desert. Yeah, but like all the time. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. I'm cool with it. Uh, but yeah, Brandon Crawford, a great giant, good baseball player. Uh, now done in San Francisco. Looks like he's signing that deal with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. So. Uh, just some thoughts on that. We're going to have what to watch, too. Some more spring training games and NBA games tonight. But checking in on the phone lines, 800-920-1140. More thoughts on the uh, disappointment of last night. What went wrong for the Kings? Let's check in with Ken. Ken, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well, thank you. Man, I did not know how many kids I did. Hmm. They took a guy that, frankly, is a role player on the team. And made him look like all NBA first team. They literally could not stop this guy. He got everywhere he wanted to go. And I did not know a simple pivot could get you that open that often and nobody can make an adjustment to stop it. I mean, it was pathetic. Every time the Kings do something to make you say, you know, this team can contend, they come up with a game like last night to make you say, okay, mm-hmm. they're losing in the play-in game, you know? The consistency is just as it there. And I, they're better on the road. It, 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 they're a better road team than they are a home team. When you look at what separates the top teams in the West, they're like five, six, maybe seven losses at home. The Kings got 10 losses at home, if not 11. It's ridiculous. They cannot protect home court. It, it seems you make a staple in this league if you're a good road team. Yeah. But that's just assuming that the floor. The Kings aren't able to do that for whatever reason. And I am tired of seeing some teams, second, third, or fourth best score, always having a career night against the Kings. It seems like the, there's always somebody going off. You're, like, what You're never seeing when that, when that team is playing somebody else. But somehow against the Kings, be stopped. Yeah, we're losing you a little bit here. The, yeah, we're losing you a bit at the end, Ken. Thank you for the call. And I get your your point and your confusion and your frustration. You're right. You're right. I mean, I think I, I feel the same way about the Kings, about their road play. Um, I, I don't know how to, again, trying to put this into words and to quantify it. I feel like there's a eagerness to compete at the highest level against teams and shut them up in their arena i don't know if it's the full-on bond and being together i I don't know i don't know how to quantify it i mean technically their record is a bit better at home but i don't love it at 16 and 10 it's it's just okay 17 and 14 on the road i mean you look at the most road wins in the west 
Thunder, 17. Denver, 17. Clippers, 17. Pelicans, 17. Kings, 17. The only one better is Minnesota. They have 20. In the East, you've got two teams better than 17 road wins, Cleveland and Boston. So that's good. What the Kings are doing on the road is good. Home, 16 and 10. Again, not hideous, but if that is 17 and 7, we're talking about three more wins, three less losses, 36 and 22. You are right there with a chance. You're in fifth, I wouldn't say comfortably, but you're in fifth, two games clear of Phoenix, and you're pushing the Clippers, Denver, OKC, and Minnesota. The home has let them down, that's for sure. Thanks, Ken, for the call. Sorry you're breaking up there at the end. Will is next. Will, good morning. How are you? What, what's up? This Styles. No, this is Jason. This, this is Jason. What's hey, up, Jason, Will? How, how, how you doing, man? You, <clears throat> you know what? Uh, <clears throat> it's devastating, man, to see how they played against the Clips. They didn't come back. I mean, there's certain games you just cannot lose. They knew if they lose, they were going to drop two or three spots, man. I mean, you got to know that. And then beat them without, without Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett, you know. I mean, <laughs> I, it was devastating. And that one kid from what what the high high top or high, high, oh, high whatever his name is. Yeah, was, he had a great game off the had, bench. He had down to 20 points. He went to Wheeling College. Where the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it, it, here's the thing. <clears throat> we always have problems. Even though we're a better team, we have problems against athletic, twos and threes. That's the problem. And then, you know, I'm not blaming the whole thing. I'm blaming it on Brown. I'm not blaming it on uh I'm not blaming it on uh on Herder. But when Herder switched on the athletic I mean he just can't his feet work he can't be if he's scoring, it's cool. But if he ain't scoring, you know, he's a liability on defense. And where was Monk in, in, in uh HB in the fourth quarter? Yeah, and that and that's what I brought up. Thank you, Will, for the call. I appreciate that. And also great to hear from Ken. We hadn't heard from Ken in a long time. So uh, I hadn't at least appreciate those guys, you two guys calling in. Um that's what I brought up earlier. That that's the the push and pull, right? When the Kings uh started that comeback, they're down by twenty. Most times coaches leave the group that I mean they brought him back. They were within two with three minutes to go. Let me see. I, I keep the running score here. And uh, Sacramento got it down to two with, yeah, about three, a little bit over three minutes to go. And so you have every opportunity there to come back. You're right there in the opportunity. You've already shaved off 18 points. So most likely you leave the group. Then when you lose, I thought the same thing as you did, Will. Like, oh, man, they didn't play Monk in the fourth quarter. They really didn't play Barnes. Could they have done that? That that's a tough move when you've got things going your way, but the second it started to get Miami up four, maybe back up six, could there have been a counter? Sure, maybe that's when. But um, generally, coaches ride the hot hand that got you back within one possession at two points. So that's my best answer. I mean, that's more of a question for the coach, but that would be my best answer as to why. But I think when you lose, like I said earlier, it opens up all these questions of what went wrong, why were you down 20, what did Miami do to build that lead, um, why could you not stop Hawkins, why did they get into you into so many different switches to exploit people that would have trouble with Hawkins and Bam Adebayo and Kevin Love and Highsmith and the different people that got the job done for the Miami Heat. So, I mean, that's the reality. That's the way it went. Kings couldn't answer and handle all those things that Miami did provide, and uh, credit to the Heat on that, certainly. 
and uh, I guess shame on Sacramento for not being able to to figure out those things. We'll we'll kind of get you a chance to hear this again from the coach in his own words on what he felt uh, felt went went wrong uh, for the team and um, really what they did um, defensively that he thought they could have jumped into a bit earlier. They've won seven of nine. Uh, they went to Milwaukee without their basically the same guys and beat Milwaukee by twenty. Um, so for us. Uh, I just didn't think um, uh, defensively in, until until the last quarter uh, we didn't get it done. Uh, one of the things that uh, we probably could, I probably could have done to help them more was probably go to zone. We played zone in the in the fourth quarter, um, um, and you know our guys were aggressive in the zone. Uh, they did a good job talking, and then they went to man at the right time. So. Uh, maybe I could have helped them more by doing that, um, but I just thought that uh, um, they outworked us um, throughout most of the game and um, ended up getting a win. Yeah, I think that outworked part too was very evident early on, especially that that, that bridge from the the second to the third quarter. After the Kings built a ten point lead, Miami reeled them back in, had the lead at the half, then it got up to twenty, and it did feel palpable as far as the difference of the the energy and execution and, and and work that Miami was putting out there. Then when the Kings got into that mode of sink or swim, they went for it and they brought back and came all the way back to within two. Uh, but Miami ends up with that season sweep over Sacramento. And again, at the end, if the Kings are not in the spot, that's ideal for them. I mean, they can only blame themselves from some of these games where they've played teams without their full complement of players. All right. So tonight, what do we want to watch for as Kings fans? They don't play, but there's some things that can help them. Looking for help around the NBA. We'll tell you what to watch, what's out there, some other news and notes uh, as we continue here leading up to Crosstalk with Styles and Watkins. Jason Ross, Chris Fallot here this morning on Sacktown Sports. Get your sports fix. Live and vocal. The Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. We had Ken earlier talking about uh, Jaime Jaquez, and he didn't realize how good he was. He went 18th in the draft. I was looking back at last year's draft. And again, these guys aren't all finished products, and things can change. Uh, but a lot of teams above the Heat probably would have loved him, including the team right above him, the Lakers. Could have picked him, could have stayed right there in L.A. Um, I look at teams That's like... That's the thing. I'm like, man, I wish the Kings could have gotten Jaime. But then, on the other hand, I'm like, oh, I'm glad he didn't go to the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, Chris, the teams that are... You know, these are people that are considered very good at drafting. Danny Ainge in the past. He drafted twice ahead of Jaime Hawkins. Didn't elect to take him. Uh, the Magic had two picks ahead as well. At six and uh, 11, didn't elect to take Jaime Hawkins. And uh, he I, again, I think it's environment where you land. Hawkins is a good player; he really is. But Miami's going to get everything out of you. Um, that's what they do, and the Kings are trying to figure out that themselves as well. We're going to talk about what to watch here for tonight. What you want to root for as a Kings fan? Let's check it with AC first. We root for AC. Good morning, AC. Hey, Jason. Thanks for being the nicest person in radio. Ah, uh, you don't know me off air. We we got we got to get you a little sash. You can wear it at the at the studio. A sash. Yeah, like the like Miss America, you know, they put okay. it across nice. 
I'll wear that. I'll wear that. Thank you. Appreciate that. What's on your mind today? I was really, obviously, like a lot of Kings fans, I was really upset about last night. But we put ourselves in this hole where we think, oh, hey, they're down a few players. We can win this game. And we, like someone else mentioned, that Jaime Hawkins guy, he's going to, I'm not just saying this, he's going to be an all-star someday. That guy's a stud. He was Kobe-esque last night, Mm -hmm. and he could do no wrong. It was just unbelievable. I do feel the refs were a little asleep. Um, You know that the NBA is pretty famous for not calling traveling calls too much. The Heat like to travel a lot. It's interesting. They do the little pitter-patter of the feet when they come up for a shot and stuff. And I was screaming at the TV, but the refs weren't weren't buying it, unfortunately. But they weren't listening we, to uh, if we could just, Jason, I have a, a theory for success. If we could just not tell the team, hey, <laughs> so-and-so's not playing tonight, you know, um, I think we have a better chance of winning. Because every time a team is down, a couple key players, we fall asleep at yeah. the wheel, which yeah. is unfortunate. And, and I got the numbers here. Thank you, AC, for the call and the comments. 18-11 uh, and 11 is the Kings record against teams without – uh, starter, multiple starters, key players. Uh, that's that's the number I've been able to look up the best I can. Maybe there's other numbers that could be. So they, they have won more than they've lost. But 11's a lot of losses. And I think last night, again, I, I don't lump Miami exactly. I mean, they're putting in this category as an 11th loss. I don't take it the same way. I think this. I have too much respect for that organization, too much respect for the players they actually did have out there. I think that's that roster is better than people think of the players that weren't out there. That's all fine. That that still doesn't mean the Kings shouldn't have been able to beat them. And not only all the things you said, Hawkins was great. Kevin Love was good. Uh, Bam Adebayo, Caleb Martin, go down the line. But I think the Kings also helped them in in this sense. Turnovers early, uh, maybe some, some lineups I think that could be in question uh, that they had. I think they fit into Miami. And then the Kings didn't have an answer for when Miami really got physical and did those post-ups. And you get seasoned pros like Kevin Love, Bam Adebayo, guys that really know how to play that feel like they've got an advantage, they will take advantage of you. And then you get a rookie in Jaime Hawkins who played four years, though, in college. And one-on-one, he's a problem. I mean, you don't you look at other players that have this, you know, either dominant height or speed or size or incredible athletic ability, skill can still dominate a game. We're seeing that with DeMontis Sabonis. DeMontis Sabonis is incredibly skilled. The game's best player is probably the most skilled in, in Nikola Jokic. And last night, Hakez, fundamentals still work in this game. They do. Footwork, pivot, turn, shake. Ba- I mean, just keep people off balance. When you're trying to score, what you're trying to find your advantage. What is it? It could be you create it with that height or that speed. Um, your jump, your um, you, the shots you take. But you, you've got to get to that spot, to your spot. And for Hawkins, it was putting guys in a blender, basically. I mean, he was right, left, up, and under. Just a lot of different moves and a lot of skill there. And you've got to be ready for that. And if it's a guy like Herter on the starting five who's not their best defender, he was getting cooked. Then it's Barnes. Then it's, you know, pick your guy. He was fooling even some of the better defenders on the team. And so Miami noticed the advantages and capitalized. That's what good teams do. Now, the Kings changed things late, got into that frenetic situation, and did a better job, but they found themselves down too much, got it to within two, um, but in the end, it wasn't enough. All right, let's get another one here before we tell you what to watch tonight. How about Brandon? Brandon, welcome into Sacktown Sports. Good morning. Jason, how you doing, man? Love the show. Thank you. Appreciate that. How are you? 
I'm doing great on the way to work. I just I was thinking when I'm watching the game, I, I love everything that Trey Lyles brings, um, the way he plays defense, how, how hard he plays, and being able to extend um, bigs out to the perimeter. But do you think if it comes down to a play-in game situation or even a playoff series, that's somewhere where the other team's going to look to attack? It seems like whenever Sabonis is out, he already has his issues, rim protection. Uh, but when he's out, it really just leaves the interior exposed. We have a hard time getting rebounds. What do you feel about that moving forward? Yeah, and thank you, Brandon, for the call. I appreciate it in your comments as well. Yes, I think teams will attack the paint. I think they'll attack Lyles. I think they'll attack Sabonis. I think they do have more of a presence in the on the bench in McGee and Len. Now, maybe that's a counter the Kings can try and utilize. Uh, but genuinely, generally, I think Mike Brown and the coaching staff goes to more of their skilled players. And the skilled players, to me, are their starting five, Monk and Trey Lyles. I mean, you could throw in Davion Mitchell there, too. I mean, they're all skilled. Maybe I didn't phrase that right. But the guys that really can produce the best version of this team, which still is their offense, and I think that's the lean. And that was always my pushback when everybody said, yeah, they need a rim protector. They need a better perimeter defender. Yes and yes and yes. Are they going to be played? I think the Kings still lean to playing small playing athletic, as athletic as they could be, spreading the floor, shooting. That, and that's not always a problem. Sometimes that's when they thrive. But when they don't, it's glaring. When they are undersized, when they get pushed around and bullied and and can't handle other teams playing big in the post or uh, they don't have much of a threat in paint protection. It's a weakness of this team. You can't fill all the voids, but I think they could do a better job of of limiting some of those gaps, if that makes sense. So thank you for that call. We appreciate that, Brandon. All right, tonight, what to watch. For those of you that are spring training fans, there's a couple baseball games. you got uh, the Giants and Mariners, A's and Guardians, NBA fans. All right, we're always going to talk about the Western Conference top 10. Who's in action tonight? Well, half of the top 10 is in action, and none of them are playing one another. So... Um, here's what you're rooting for as a Kings fan. We'll start with probably the lowest odds and probably the least impactful on Sacramento. At the top of the standings is Minnesota and OKC. Minnesota, they play the San Antonio Spurs. Got to believe that Minnesota win that game at home. Stranger things have happened, but Minnesota should win. Uh, the Thunder, also tied for first place at 40-17. and 17. They're at home. They take on the Rockets again. You never know, but uh, OKC has won. Five consecutive games. Now, the games to keep your eye on with more of a likelihood of getting some help. Uh, the Warriors at the Wizards. Chris gave the Wizards stat. They're one of the coldest teams in the league. They've lost 11 in a row. Can Jordan Poole have revenge on the Golden State Warriors? Likely not, but they're behind the Kings. Beginning of the night's play, three and a half back. The Warriors could gain a half game if they were to win in D.C. The games that have a chance to help the Kings tonight... I would say is Dallas on the road in Cleveland. Mavs are now 33 and 24. The Cavs are 37 and 19. This one's played in Cleveland. You root for the Cavs tonight. The Kings could have sole possession of uh, that spot that they are currently tied with with Dallas. The other place I think there's some potential help. The Pelicans are on the road in New York against the Knicks. Knicks did play last night. They got a win barely. Controversial win over Detroit. But that's an opportunity maybe to give the Pelicans their 25th loss of the season. So as far as what to watch, you, as a Kings fan, you root for the Cavs with the Mavs. 
the Wizards over the Warriors, the Knicks over the Pelicans, and you hope the Spurs could surprise the T-Wolves or the Rockets at the Thunder. Still, at the end of all this, Sacramento must continue to win, win as many games at a high rate as possible, and their next opportunity is Denver tomorrow. Our next opportunity is a chance to talk with Styles and Watkins. we got crosstalk coming up, and we'll see how they do on Celebrity Birthdays. That straight ahead here on Sacktown Sports. It's time for the news of the day. The latest headlines, the biggest stories, hard-hitting analysis. Yeah, this is none of those things. And now, here's Carmichael Dave and Jason Ross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. yeah. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Buenos dias. Spanish style. So <laughs> that's house. right. That's Stylito. right. Uh, we have not told you what we said our prediction was of what you would say. So I'm just going to ask the question. Oh. How did you do? How was your night on Spanish radio? How should we do this? How did in, you do a, as a, a grade? Should we say a grade? No, I, would, I want you okay. to just say, like, how, how would you say your night went? I think if I put myself in, in his shoes, I think... I would say this guy probably hasn't done this before, but he knew some things and he helped me out. I think okay. I'm closer. Yeah, I think you're closer. I'd, I'd give he if we asked him, he'd probably give me a B to B minus. Okay, that's fine. That's what I would say. And like I told you, I've been in many other arenas before where I've had a statistician where it's like I don't even know why they're here because yeah. I don't feel like they've done anything. <laughs> to others, like oh, they're great. I mean, there's. I didn't know. I didn't realize that there's other information they're handing. It's like awesome. There so was some. It's a grab bag. There was stuff that he had that I didn't have due to you know he's got the login for the official NBA yeah. stats account which I didn't have. So there was some stuff that he had that I didn't have, but I had some stuff that he didn't have either. So okay. I think it evened out. That's why I, I'd lean more towards a B at 3.0. That's right. That's works. That's yeah. more than passing. That's, That's right. Here's my That's here's good. my running. Did you keep a running score? Like that's chicken scratch. I know no, what I'm writing, but that's, no, but that's what Scott was saying. Running yeah, score, but he I said just night. just hop in my ear. See, can I see that? Yeah, does it make any sense? Wow. See if it makes sense to you. But are you? But you're not handing that to them. You're not using it to team. tell them, right? So then I'll know. Like, gosh, it feels right. like, like at the end when the Kings are on run. Okay, what was the largest deficit? It was twenty. Oh wow, seventeen three. Like, you right? Know, you have to do quick math like, sometimes. Right. right. Like the specific app I had said. It was the end of the half, and I said, hey, they ended on a 15-5 mm-hmm. run. But he said, he went to the other app that he had, the official one, and it said it was actually 22-7, to 7, which and sounds better. Yeah, it and depends I was, And I said, I don't got that one. Yeah. So just get a scorebook, Jason. Well, so I have my <laughs> way, and then I know what, like, for example, let me see, like Keegan at 12 right. in the first, 15, 17, you know, then it's like, okay, like in the fourth quarter, wow. Because okay. G-Man will also have a, a thing in front of him that has like one through 50. So like when Keegan scores, 9.28. So he, it's just a quick, he might look, he right. might not, but now he knows, well, Keegan Murray with a bug, he's got mm. 28 points and he's got a second line of like in the quarter. And so to me, it's not really that interesting unless it's more than 10 points in the quarter. So mm. I might go 28 yeah. and 11 and just... We've done it for Short 20 hand, something right. years, and he knows like 28, 11 of those in the fourth quarter. Or if he's like fourth quarter Fox, I'm like, I know he's talking about the quarter, then I just might hit. Right. He's got 11 points or whatever it is. Chris helped me out. He was the one who told me about the app, and then the app had like Duncan Robinson was garbage yesterday. Yes. And I had, okay, you know, he he takes a shot. Duncan Robinson has missed six straight threes, so I would tell Perfect. him that. So he had, yeah. so he likes him. So that got me to the beat. 
There you go. Yeah. And, and the Spanish barrier, was it a problem or no? No, well, you know, my mom is Panamanian, so okay. I understand enough. So yeah. I could tell if he just said something to not say what he just said. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it wasn't it wasn't bad. Good. It wasn't bad. And, you know, unfortunately, it happened against the Kings, but when they were rolling at the end, he was getting hype. And I, it was fun. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was at the... At the mercy of the Kings, yeah. yeah. Alan, do you know about Jason calling the Celtics game (laughs) for the Celtics in Sacramento? It's so good. No. (laughs) So there was a situation where the Celtics were lighted and announced they needed someone kind of late Mm -hmm. last minute, and it was at Golden 1, so I'm broadcasting for the Celtics, which was great. It was fun to do. I'm working with them. Obviously, I want the Kings to win, but Mm -hmm. I'm now working. The audio is going back to Boston, and I never thought before the game of this scenario coming up, which actually happened, uh, it came down to the buzzer beater, and it was perfect for me personally because Marcus Smart got to the foul line, running floater down one, and it's one of those bounce, bounce, and then fell out. Mm-hmm. So had it went in, I mean, I'd have to go in like, right. go, you know, right, screaming, right. which, wait, who are you rooting for? <laughs> yeah. which, but it was easier to go like, oh. Right. I'd love misses. to see someone like that knows you like turn around and be like, what? Yeah, and like yeah, Kings fans yeah. would have been disappointed. I'm like, the, the Celtics have come in. You right, know, would have right. been laying it on Stick thick. Stick pipe yeah. and smoke it. Yeah. I was lucky. Wow. That it fell out like that. But I never thought of that. I don't know why I didn't even think of this scenario going in. It's like, oh, this will be fun doing a game for another team just yeah. one time. And right. Because the Kings are bad. And the Kings weren't very good. And they actually right. Boston was good and the Kings yeah. beat them. But That's yeah. probably huh. the last time the Kings beat the Celtics. He might be right. That was a great game. It was. Buddy that. was that really was good, if I yeah. remember right. Yeah. Yeah, I can replay uh, that Marcus Smart. Who are you talking about? What? You said Buddy. Yeah. Who? I don't know. Buddy Heal? Oh, <laughs> I thought it was like Fox or something. You're like, oh, yeah, Buddy. My Buddy. Yeah. Your Buddy. Um, what do you guys got coming up on the show today? Sean Cunningham. That's right. Fox at 1.30. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, everybody is going to rip into the Kings today. Yeah. But I think... Really, we're just going to discuss what went wrong and play some sound. And really, the bottom line is any team under the four seed, right, four seed or below, that team is either overperforming or underperforming. Yeah. And they're all going to miss opportunities. And the question is, which teams from that second tier are going to miss the least amount of opportunities. And that was not the Kings last night. Yeah, that's I, I asked this to Chris earlier. I asked you guys this. So the Kings just set their record. The teams that are basically them, the same record, are, would include Phoenix, New Orleans, Dallas, and if we went to the East, the Knicks, Philly, and Miami. I mean, what is the difference in any of them? Like, they're all kind of the, same. the same. Like yeah. Some nights you're like, wow, Miami looks really good, or yeah. the Kings look really good, or yeah. Phoenix – the only, the only difference is Philly, which you shouldn't even count because they don't have Embiid. Right. But if they continue like this, I don't think they'll do anything. Nope. Yeah. Um, I know, are you guys doing Blame Pie today? Are you doing that or no? We have we, we have, have that on. Okay. Penciled yeah. in. Okay. I would say just unofficially, I was not totally surprised. I would say more of kind of throwing the daggers at Coach Brown. That's how it goes, man. A yeah. lot of people. A lot of people have been throwing a lot of shade at Coach Brown. Yeah. I think, you know, There's he definitely justified. deserves a part of it Absolutely. for sure. But um, I was a little you know, surprised, though, on that. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, you know. All right, well, let's uh, do some celebrity birthdays, guys. See how you do here. Brought to you by our friends at Crumble Cookies. Birthdays are meant to be spent with family and friends, and nothing brings family and friends together better than Crumble Cookies. Uh, Let's start with, uh, oh, happy birthday to J. The letter J. Leno. Oh. Z. JJ Stokes. J-Wow, Jersey Shore. (laughs) You said the letter J. That's why I wasn't saying it. you guys watch Jersey Shore? Yes. It's still cooking. Is it? Oh, now. Yeah, they're on family vacation. vacation. Yeah, they brought back Sammy Sweethearts. They're always on vacation. 
Yeah, it's a great life. Yeah. And they got yeah. kids now too. Who watches the kids? I don't know. Jay the situation has had a situation. Oh, done oh yes. a couple situations. <laughs> yes. So yes. that's why I put this one in here for you guys. Jay Wow, and it's crazy if mm. you actually watch because Jay Wow is probably like forty-four. Okay. Well, that's you. Uh, <laughs> I'll say uh, I'll say forty-one. Forty-two. Chris Watkins, closest, 39. What? Sorry, wow. 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 One of them is in their wow. 40s. One of them is in their 40s. I know that. Situation is for sure. Okay. Wow. I think he's the oldest one. Happy birthday to Chelsea. Handler. Grammar. Gray. Chelsea Gray. Yeah, Clinton. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Chelsea Clinton. Okay. She is 46. Really? 42. I'll split the 44. The split was right. Dead on. Correct answer, Beautiful. 44. Love Happy that. birthday, Tony. Danza. Um, Bennett. Harvey. Gonzalez. Ah. Once considered the game's best tight end. He's still up there. Yeah, yeah. he's up there. Yeah. He's up there. Dual threat. Great college basketball Cal, player, right? too. Yeah. 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 What's TG? Mm, just off today. I'm going to go 43. I'll say 46. 48. We have a correct answer. It's Christopher Lodd, 48. Wow. I don't know, like, how these I'm older people off. that you're, like, saying are close to my age. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, James. Almost. Ontoroy. Franco. James game, Edward Almost. James Worthy. James Worthy, mm. former Laker. I'll let Chris start this one. Let's see here. Worthy is uh, around Michael Jordan's age. We'll say That's 64. Right. 62. That was what I was going to say. 63. You split the difference? Yeah. You good about that? Yeah. You should. Yeah. Right on. 63. <laughs> oh I got one. Gosh. There you go. Come on. Uh, that's it for us. Styles and Watkins coming your way next right here on Sacktown Sports.